Well, good morning, everybody. This is Howie. I'm Joe. You probably know us already. So uh, Pastor Dan had asked us to uh, speak today about our Wednesday night men's group. Uh, there's going to be no scriptures up on the screen, so I hope you got your Bibles or your devices. Uh, and Dan, as Dan says, we're here all day, so we've just prepared a short message. So dig in. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Uh, actually, we thank you for this great country, and we thank you for the ability for us to worship freely. Uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for us and gave us eternal life. And we just pray that uh, today Howie and I can speak your words and not our words, Lord. So please be with us. Please let the Holy Spirit be here, and please surround this building with protection. In Jesus' name, amen. So like Joe was saying, you know, Dan had asked us to talk about Wednesday night men's group, but it's more than just Wednesday night. It's, it's more than just a men's group, okay? It, it goes, I think it goes beyond men's group. So I'm going to give you a little background of what happened and why Joe and I are here right now talking to y'all, okay? Lived in Texas for five and a half years, so I have the privilege of saying y'all, okay? Um, so about right around when the whole COVID thing happened back in 2000, you know, right around March. Joe and I started getting together uh, at like, we would go to Tim Hortons if they were open because they were closing, but we would go and we would just hang out and we got to know each other. Like Joe and I, we knew each other, but we didn't know each other. So we got to know each other. It's kind of like we were dating. Yeah. (laughs) Whoa. Anyway. Anyway, so after that, after like just kind of getting to, you know, know each other, I mean, we're both veterans, okay, so we have that in common. We decided, let's start going through the scriptures, okay, let's start going through books in the Bible, you know, I mean, it's because we both believed that going through scripture and just reading scripture to, to us just seems far more deep, far more like, God, I hate to say it, godly, whatever you want to call it, than like going through a, a, like a, a study book or something like that, you know, because that could be man's opinion, okay? So we started going through that, and what we started off with first was the book of James, and then we got into Ephesians, and then Daniel. Okay, we, were, we, we did Daniel's Daniel. a great book. Daniel, like I said before, Daniel's, wow. <laughs> um, and then uh, when Joe and I began to pray, we, then we got and started to get into the Timothys. So we were like in First Timothy, I believe. And Joe and I said, hey, you know what? We should pray and maybe like go and ask Pastor Dan if, you know, maybe we could announce this and have more guys come. You know, more, more guys come to this, you know, instead of just me and Joe. And so that was a Wednesday, because Joe and I, we meet on Wednesdays, uh, or we were meeting on Wednesdays at that time, still do. And, and then that was Wednesday, and if any of you were there that Sunday when Dan said, hey, I'm going to go and just crash Joe and Howie's Bible study. And then he said, no, nah, not just me, but 
I'm going to ask all the guys to crash Howie and Joe's Bible study. So I was like in shock. Janet looked at me and thought that I was going to, Janet's my wife, where is she? Back there. She looked at me and thought I was going to like just say, no, that's not happening. Um, because, you know, that's, th that's the face that I had. Like, but I was in shock because God answered a prayer that fast. Okay. Joe tells me a story of Chuck Swindoll's sister who said that she wanted to start a woman's group. And Chuck said, well, pray about it. A year later, the women's group started. So this was like kind of like mind-boggling that it sudden. happened that fast. Because unfortunately, a lot of times churches, they'll just dive into something. We need to do this and now. And a lot of times it really doesn't work out. So you, you got to give it to the Lord in prayer. Say, what do you want us to do? How do you want this to work out? Show us. So we've gone through, like I said, the books. Uh, we when Dan made the announcement, we were in 1 Timothy, then we started 2 Timothy, we've gone through Titus, we've gone through F Philemon, Philemon? First book of Philemon. First book of Philemon. <laughs> um, and now we are into Galatians. Um, so that's kind of the history. So like two and a half years, this has been going on. And it's it's... It's more than, it, it, like I said, it's more than just men meeting together. But um, I'm, go ahead, Joe. You wanna? Yeah. I think. Yeah. So it's been very enlightening for both of us, and uh, w it's actually we've been able to work through some things that uh, we were both struggling with, and you know we brought a lot of stuff back from the military, and it helped us. Yeah. <coughs> so uh, let's get started. Uh, so John speaks to us through the Bible. Uh, which is kind of where we're going to focus today on God speaking to us through the Bible. Uh, but well, believe it or not, for that to happen, you actually have to open the book. <laughs> as silly as that may sound, you have to open the book. And you've got to give yourself some time to do that. Now, you could get up 15 minutes early in the morning. You know, read for 15 minutes, read for 10 minutes. You'd be surprised how much you could read in 10 minutes. And another thing, if if you don't want to read, a great way to do it is just get a piece of paper out, just start copying scripture. You'd be surprised how much you recall by just writing it down. And before you know it, you've got a couple books written out already, and it's, it's a great way to remember. So now we're going to flip over to uh, John 1.14, and we're just going to use a little portion of the scripture. So I know it's a lot in there, but... Uh, Felt like this is the only part we needed to cover. So John 1.14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we got to look at this as the Bible is God's living word. Isn't it? And how are we going to let the Lord dwell with us if we don't have a relationship with him? See, there has to be some communication. Like Howie and I, we got to know each other. We knew we were both veterans. We sort of had the same things in common here and there, but we're we got to know each other. We're both barbecuers. And we like to eat barbecue, too. <laughs> in fact, Howie's an award-winning barbecuer now. So, <laughs> But, yeah, how are you going to have that relationship with him if you don't get into his word? 
then like I said, whether you read it, write it out, things start to happen. You know, you, you start getting revelation from God. You'll start hearing from God. And, and really that's what it's all about. And how, how are you going to know his voice if you're not in relationship with him? You know, pretty much he lives through the scriptures. If you turn to Hebrews chapter 4 and go to verse 12, it reads, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit of joints and the mar of, of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So how many of you, when you've read the word, you know, you're reading, and then something just, like, jumps out at you? It's just like, whoa, wh what's that? Or, you know, you know it, it brings an excitement, or it brings something that just slices your heart inside. It's just like, oh. You can either, it can either be a, <gasps> or a, oh, moment. You know, that's... That's God speaking to us through this. You know, this is, this is the Bible, but we, 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 call it, we call it the word of God, okay? So it's living. It's active. Turn over to 2 Timothy 3.16. Second Timothy 3.16. So if we turn there, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for the training, and for training in righteousness. And I'll just read 17, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every work. If you want to turn over to Matthew, we're in 7, 21, and 23. We'll see what he has to say about a few things. So Matthew 7, 21 to 23 tells us, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name? Did we not perform many miracles? And then I will plainly tell them, I never knew you away from me, you, evil, you, you, uh, you evildoers. See, we need to have that relationship with God, and we need to keep the line of communication open. And I, I, I guess we could put it in today's perspective. We could say, Lord, Lord, didn't I serve coffee for you on Sunday morning? Didn't I greet for you on Sunday morning? Didn't I hand out flyers for you on Sunday morning? Didn't I run sound for you on Sunday morning? And it goes on and on of things you may have done. But if that relationship isn't there, what's God going to say when you finally meet him? Yeah. And if we flip over to uh, Psalms 19, we're in 7 to 11. And that's Psalms 19, 7 to 11. Here we're kind of given some good reasons on why to read. The law of the Lord is perfect, 
refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold. They are more pure than gold. They are much, they are much sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there also there's great reward. Take a look at some of the key words there. The law of the Lord is perfect. The statures are trustworthy. The precepts are right. The commands are radiant. The fear of the Lord is pure. The decrees are firm. I mean, these are really good reasons why we need to read the Bible and be in study. And once again, it's, it's that relationship that we're going to maintain. See, we have no reason not to study. Not much so much for the head knowledge, but for a change of heart. And that's where it all lies, because God looks at our heart. And we can go to church for years, go to the church building for years, and never have that change of heart, never have that deep love for God. And so, like, with all of this, <coughs> this is one of my favorite parts in talking about. With all of this that we're talking, the word, we read the word, let it speak to our hearts. It all falls under the umbrella of, of discipleship. Okay. So, if you turn to Matthew chapter 28... And you go to verse 19. Jesus gave these instructions to the apostles when he was ascending, before he ascended into heaven. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. That's what we call the Great Commission, right? We've heard, we've heard that, that it's the, it's, it's the Great Commission. And, and, you know, I can remember a time in my life when, you know, I was like this hard charger wanting to, Janet can remember, and she'll know the story when I tell it. You know, I was wanting, what we got to, you know, uh, I was telling a friend of ours, you know, but we're called to do this, and we're called to do that, and we gotta go, and we gotta do this, we gotta do that, we gotta do this, and then he said, hey, ho hold on a second. Before you think about the Great Commission, let me share something with you. So turn over to Matthew 22, verse 37. In Matthew 22, verse 37, uh, I'll read the whole thing, starting in, uh, you know, like Dan does. Let's go up to 34. Okay, let's go up to verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, 
which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall, this is Jesus saying to the, to the lawyer, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with, all your mu- with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So what my friend began to share with me is Howie, because he, he saw it. He, he saw that there was really not a connection with God. He said, Howie, how can you fulfill the Great Commission if you're not first fulfilling the Great Command? Okay? You've got to have the Great Command of basically loving God and loving people first and foremost, because if you're not loving God and loving people, how can you go out and do? How can you go out and preach the gospel? How can you go out and share, you know, share your life story, whatever it may be, if you first don't have that love relationship with God and, hey, I need to share this love with people. So, I looked up discipleship on Google, (laughs) okay, and Google knows everything. Oh, yeah, Google. But um, some things about discipleship, okay? Now, like I said, this isn't just about the men's Bible study, uh, what's going on. This is for everyone to take part of, you know. If you are desiring to be discipled, find someone to disciple you, okay? So um, a disciple is someone who basically comes under the, not not so much the authority, but wants to be like the person that they want them to decide, you know, know, wants to disciple them. Now, back in the Jewish days, in the olden days, you know, back in the biblical days, uh, before Jesus and stuff, when a, when someone was a disciple of one of the Jewish rabbis. They did everything that that rabbi did. I mean, even to the point where how they went to the bathroom because they wanted to be just like their mentor, their master, their, their, their rabbi. They wanted to be everything that he was, okay? So, <clears throat> in us wanting to be disciples of Christ, what's a requirement? What are the requirements? I found seven of them. There are probably a whole lot more, but I found seven of them. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay these out. If you've got pen and paper, you might want to jot them down. So, number one, you've got to decide to follow Jesus, right? I mean, to be his disciple, you've got to decide to follow him, too. Deny yourself. These are all, you know, they sound, you know, these, like, these are all church terms. You know, deny yourself. What does that mean? Whatever you want to (laughs) do, do the opposite in a sense, okay? If you're wanting to, if, if you're wanting to spend a whole lot of money and God is saying, I don't want you to spend that money, deny what you want to do and listen to the Lord. 
die daily. No, we're not going to die. But, you know, it's basically not doing the things that we want to do, but turning to God and saying, what is it that you want to do? Oh, there are times when I have like, oh, okay. But then I begin to walk in the joy of, of that dying. Number four, get direction from God. Whatever that, you know, whatever it may be for that day. That direction may be you just simply waking up, going about going to work, eating lunch, coming home from work, being with your grandchildren for those who are grandparents, being with your kids. It may not be some special calling, okay? And then do what Jesus commanded, number five. There's all types of commandments in here, but what did he command us first and foremost? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And second, to love, basically love your neighbor. Love God, love people. Number six is the hard one, okay? <clears throat> Our devotion to Christ must be far greater than to family members or anyone else. Think about that. Our devotion to Christ has to go beyond our children, our spouses, our grandchildren, people around us. And number seven, determine to count the cost and accept it. Are you willing to be discipled? Do you know what's, enti what's entailed to be discipled? Because in Hebrews, like we shared in Hebrews 4.12, when whoever is discipling you or whatever speaks a word to you and that thing just like cuts into your heart and you're like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't like you. I'm not coming back. Determine. Count the cost of wanting to follow Jesus. Yeah, even if you go back to remember the first five that were called, you know, four and the unnamed one, uh, they were told to, come on, drop everything. But they, they had already believed. And then they knew Jesus was around. And, oh, he's the guy. We're going with you. So, yeah, once again, we're commanded to do something, make disciples. Uh, but before that has to happen, they have to believe is how he said. And if we go to Romans 10, 14 to 15, Got a little blurb on that in there. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? And as is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. You know, our Sunday or our our Christian walk is more than just what happens here on Sunday. It's Monday through Saturday also. It's when we go out those doors. Like I always said, every, over every exit door in a church should be, you're entering the mission field now. Because, you know, maybe you're called across the country. Maybe you're called across the world. But, you know, you may be called to the bread aisle in Wegmans, as I say, because there's somebody that needs to be talked to there that God has led you to. But once again, it's the communication you have to be open to hear God. 
And if you're not reading, if you're not studying, if you're not opened and praying, God isn't going to talk to you that much or you may not hear it. So, in fact, I, I really have a couple of examples. Uh, I lived in Lancaster for a while, and uh, there was a fellow, Mark. He lived around the corner. And uh, he'd, he'd walk by and say, hey, how you doing, Joe? I'd, I'd invite him in. Hey, you want a beer? No, I'll have a water, though. So he'd sit and chat, how you doing, blah, 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 you know. But he had a big sign on his front lawn, Bible study, every Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or something. I don't remember. But year, year and a half, there's one thing he never talked about. Take a guess. Jesus. Jesus. Had a Bible study. Cared about how I was doing. But never once did those words come out of his mouth. And if you recall, at 1219, I did a sermon one time, and there was a song I played. Where were you an hour ago? I don't know if any of you were here for that or heard it. But it's a story about a woman who sacrifices her baby to the, to the river gods because in India. About an hour later, this missionary walks by. Hey, have you heard about Jesus? Gives her the gospel message. And she says, where were you an hour ago before I killed my baby? So that's the, that's the importance of this. And the discipleship can't start till that believing happens. But before them believe, somebody has to tell them. And really, that's all of our jobs. That's primary what we do in addition to whatever we do here on Sunday. That's, that's our primary calling. You need to tell people about me because they're never going to believe if you don't talk to them. And you have to talk to the people. And I knew a fellow named Russ. I worked with him. Uh, great guy. I, wanted, I had to make some wood projects. He'd drive over to my house with a trailer with a table saw. And here, Joe, use my table saw. Okay, Russ, great, thanks. He wasn't a believer at the time, so he was just a nice guy doing stuff. We all can do stuff for people, and we look like nice people doing stuff. But unless you tell them the gospel message, you're just a nice guy or a nice girl doing something. You've got to think about that when we're talking to people. I like what James says in chapter 1. And this kind of coincides with what Joe is saying. And then I've got a little story I want to tell pertaining to this. Um, James chapter 1 Verses 22 through 25, it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So my little story is this, you know, like Joe was saying, you gotta share Jesus with people, okay? And so having that word deeply hidden in my heart, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, there's a old, how many know about Salty, the singing songbook? All right. So there's a, there's a thing that says, I'm going to hide God word, God's word in my heart. Blah, 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 blah. I, I can't remember the rest, but it, I, I remember I'm going to hide God's word 
in my heart, okay? So, we're down in Kentucky last week. My son is a very strict Roman Catholic, okay? Very, very strict Roman Catholic, okay? And his in-laws are very, very strict Roman Catholics. And his uh, brother-in-law and sister-in-law lost a child three months ago, honey, in June to drowning right there at the in-law's place. She drowned in a pool, okay? Okay, so we go down there to visit my son and, his, and, and my daughter-in-law, and uh, of course, their family loves us. There's a story behind that. I'm gonna, their, fa their family loves us for some reason, and they know that we're not Catholic, but they love us. When we come down there, it's like, Oh, Howie and Janet are here, you know, blah. It's just like, so, of course, I cooked them barbecue, okay? And then afterwards, the, the, the son that lost the daughter asked me and Janet if I wanted to go, we wanted to go down, and they, they buried her in the backyard. They've got, I guess in Kentucky, it's legal to, if you have, like, so many acres, you can have a family cemetery, Okay? And I'll be honest, at first I was like, Ugh. you know, it's just like, wow. I, I, you know, I didn't say that to them, but when I'd heard that it had happened, but, you know, I was actually purposing to not want to go down there to the gravesite, okay? But if I wasn't asked, I wasn't going to go, but I was asked. So I said, you know, okay, I'm going. So Janet and I go down with him, his wife, some of their kids. Wesley and Shannon, that's my son and his wife, and um, uh, Demi and Chris, that's Wesley's brother and sister-in-law, and some other kids. So we go down there, and we're looking at what they did and everything, and where she was buried and everything. And then I start seeing people leave. And right away, I'm like, Lord, something's going on here. Okay, something's going on. Because this guy... This, he's like 33 or 35 years old. He's just breaking down and he's crying. And, you know, he's just like, you know, and, and the daughter is, uh, the, the, the wife, she's trying to hold it all together, but she's breaking down and everything. And I start to see more people leave. And I'm like, I know what's happening, God. I know exactly what's happening. You want me to pray for them. You want me to pray comfort and peace over them. I, I knew it. And then the last person left. And then it was just me, Janet, and them. And he was just bawling. And I was just like, Zach, can I pray for you? Can me and Janet pray for you guys? And he was like, yes, yes, please. And, and his wife was like, yes, please, please. And I'm like, look, we're not Catholic. And they both said, we don't care, okay? We don't care. They needed prayer, and Janet and I just prayed peace over them for, for God to direct them on what they need to do because they have seven other children and how to, like, help them process everything, you know? And, and it was just like, huge group hug afterwards it was like it was totally awesome and i believe our whole purpose for going down to kentucky was to pray 
with them. It wasn't even for my son and daughter-in-law and our grandkids. Granted, we had a fun time with her, but it, it, was, it, was, for, it was for Zach and Heather. So how important it was that if you have the word of God hidden in your heart and God begins to speak to you about ministering the gospel, because, you know, you're wanting to speak, you know, you, you prayed peace over them. You prayed that Jesus would direct them. I pray that he directs them to salvation because I don't know where they're at. They're very, very strong Catholics, so I don't know where they're at. But how important it is, um, how important it is to have the word, reading the word, letting it speak to us, how important it is to find someone to disciple you. Um, you know, I'm going to ask Mark Lucarelli to come up here. <laughs> um, Mark uh, has come to our Bible study the last couple of weeks, and um, I asked him if he would kind of share, you know, what's going on. Did you ask me? I forgot. Nicely. Yeah, nicely. Nicely. He said, he said, Mark, Andy, where's Andy? Andy copped out. Andy and Mark are going to do a testimony at service. You okay with that, Mark? And I said, testimony? From what? And I thought about it. I said, you've been here for two weeks, and uh, Pastor Dan has been, you know, suggesting in one way or another that if you're not doing much on a Wednesday, and I know I was either watching Wheel of Fortune or something that really didn't have much value, and I committed, I think when you commit to somebody else, like I told Howie I'll be there, but I didn't say when, but I did commit to Dave, and for those of you who know who Dave is, keep him in prayers because he's out today, he's, somebody in his home has got COVID, but I committed to him, and if you commit something to David, he's going to remind you three, four, five, six times before that day is here, so we're certainly committed to go to Howie's, and you know, sometimes the most difficult thing is to just get up and go. But there is no condemnation there. You know, there's a bunch of guys there, and Howie's got a, and I thank Howie and Janet opening up their house, and there's always something there to nibble on and coffee. I mean, it's a very open, warm atmosphere, and there's no condemnation. Um, I feel like it's probably one of the best things I've done. I know that I've made, s I've said some things there that I've been putting off for a long time, and Howie's like, I'll go fill up my bathtub right now, you know, meaning be baptized. And I know I use some of my human desires to put off some things that I know I should do. And, you know, not only is Sunday important, but then I find like when I walk out the door, Monday comes and Tuesday and by Wednesday, sometimes I don't remember what I heard on Sunday or follow it. So Wednesday is a great time and I... I implore anybody out there, all men, it's, um, you know, iron sharpens iron, and to be there with a group of guys that you know you could share with, and to find out that, you know, I may have done this or done that, but I'm not the only one, and other people are not afraid to say, you know, I've been there, I know what it's like, so come along for the journey, you know, we're all in this together, and we all are humans, and to keep putting excuses off, um, it's not a good thing because before you know it, that day has passed and it's gone and we're not going to get it back. So I don't mean to go on and on and I'm probably just babbling, 
but I know that for me, I told him Wednesday, and the first Wednesday I was a little anxious, but I knew I was picking up Dave, so I felt good. Um, the second Wednesday, that Wednesday morning, I'm like, man, I can really, I can't wait till I go tonight, and I meant that sincerely. You know, I didn't want to get there too early, but I was ready to roll by the time I got to work to go to Howie's. <laughs> um, so I, again, I appreciate it, um, and that's all I could say. I would say, come, he's got a lot of room. Snack, he's got a lot of room, um, a lot of chairs, and it's a place we can share and not feel that, you know, somebody's going to one-up you or they're going to put that on, you know. Uh, it's just a safe, secure place for all men, and we all share the same goal, and everybody's there to help each other. So in that, I'll just say thank you, Jesus, for today. Thank you, Jesus, for these two gentlemen and for everybody here that's all part of family. Amen. Thank you, Mark. And again, we're not like promoting the men's group, honestly. It's not. What we are promoting is cracking this book open, getting into it, and if it so happens that you're cracking it open to go to a men's group or to go to a women's group, you know, um, by all means, do it, you know, um, because it's alive. I don't know if, uh, I think we had a group at my house one time a couple years ago, and Dan wasn't there, and we just read through, I think it was one of the books, I think it was the book of James, we just like read through the book, and that was, that was it, you know, because it's like, it speaks, this is God's word, you know. Um, so, like I said, we're not promoting the, the, the Bible study on, on Wednesdays. I think Joe and I are promoting more cracking, cracking the word open and, and, and getting discipled, you know, um, doing the things that Jesus wants us to do. Um, Keith Green said it the best. If any of you remember Keith Green, he said, you can go to church on Sunday, Sunday night, and you can go to wen on Wednesday nights, and that doesn't make you a Christian. In fact, that doesn't make you a Christian any more than you going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Okay, so it's, you know, it's, it's the same thing. You know, we can come to a service and, and, and play the game. Okay? Or we can come to a service expecting to hear from God because we're cracking this word open and being able to take it and applying it to our lives to live out the rest of the week or the rest of your life for that matter because you never know when God's going to require you to come home with him. You could walk out that door. So, yeah, a couple of thoughts. What? Yeah, what Mark said there is not without truth. Probably, you walk out of this building, whatever Dan says or who's ever up here saying, fifty percent of it's gone. By the time Monday morning rolls around, you're down to eighty percent. Monday night, you're down to ninety percent, and by Tuesday, it's all gone. And that's just that's just us. That's the way we are happens to me, happens to Howie, happens to everybody here. Uh, we encourage you, 
look at the spiritual formation sheets. It's got the scriptures on it. Go back and reread them. It'll, it'll probably come back to you then. Say, oh, yeah, they talked about that, and they talked about that, and that was great. But, uh, yeah, Mark, what you say is it's not entirely not untrue. You know, it's you walk out the door, you forget half of it. <laughs> but I'd like to turn over to uh, Deuteronomy 8.3. So in Deuteronomy 8.3 reads, He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but in every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Think about that. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And if you rewind back now, how are you going to hear God? How are you going to know God's voice? How are you going to know it was God talking to you? If you're not in that constant communication, studying his word, getting to know him, it all, it all, kinda cr it all circles back around. And then how are you going to do his will? You know, loving God means that you want people to come with you because you've got to love people, too. And, you know, would you want to see any family members perish? You know, the, you know, the world is your family. We need to love everybody. Love God. And I also like to uh, look at Isaiah 55, 6. So in Isaiah 55, 6, once again, 55 is a great, if you read the whole thing, it's got a lot of stuff in it. I mean, it's got science in it. I, I love, that's like my favorite part of the Bible is Isaiah. I kind of like the Old Testament, how he'll tell you. I'm the one that suggested Daniel. I'm a New, Test I'm a New <laughs> Testament guy. But Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. So once again, if, if we're not in that communication, guess what? We keep not read the Bible God's voice is going to get fainter and fainter. And soon you're not going to hear it anymore. And if you're not hearing God's voice, whose voice are you hearing then? There's only two choices. Think about that. If I can touch on something, what Joe read in Deuteronomy 8.3, this is the scripture that Jesus quoted to Satan when Satan said, turn this rock into bread. And he said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So if Jesus used the word against the enemy, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, actually, how you, fun you mentioned that, because... I took it upon myself. I w I've been going through all the Old Testament scriptures that Jesus used and how he applied them. And what I have found is that he didn't even use the whole scripture. He just took a piece of it and used it. So it's like, yeah, that's powerful then. If you can just take a piece of that and use it. It's like, you know, if you shoot a gun, could you kill something with half a bullet? Not really, but this is stronger than any gun. The word of God. So, uh, yeah, we just like to encourage 
everybody to make your walk in Christ more than just what I call the hour and out on Sunday. And we'd really like to see you guys on Wednesday night. And uh, women, there's a Thursday Bible study at what time? 10 in the morning. It's at, once again, at, wait a minute, what's that address? 47 Highland in West Seneca. Oh, go figure. And as you can see, on once a month, the women meet at uh, 90 Kennedy. Is that what it is, 90 Kennedy? At the Harms House. So there's lots of opportunity, you know, to go to something. Plenty of open slots for people to come in. Like Howie's house is huge. Got lots of chairs, lots of places to sit. Janet makes great snacks. Thank you, Janet. So we'd all like to see you there. Uh, you want to close us out in prayer? Lord Jesus, I'm just so thankful that your word has gone forth. I ask that you would sink it, that the hearts would be open for you to sink it into the hearts of these people, understanding the seriousness of your word and how important it is to get it into our hearts and to be discipled, to love you with all of our heart or with all of with all of our heart, soul and strength, to love people and going and then teaching people about you and commanding them in your ways, teaching them your commands, Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you for this blessed time in the name of Jesus. Amen.